0: This is the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast, Episode 35, the RHS Hampton Court Palace Flower Show and Gardening Jobs and Plants of Interest for July.
1: Plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening
0: needs. Hello and welcome to the Plant Advice Gardening podcast with me Richard Farrer and me Sue Mack. This is the podcast to help you get the very best out of your garden with our regular features such as jobs to do in the garden and plants of note for this time of year. Coming up in this episode, we'll be discussing the BBC Gardener's World Live flower show and the RHS Hampton Court Palace flower show. Our plant of the month for July is Alcea rosea nigra. We have jobs to do in the garden and the vegetable garden and forthcoming garden and flower shows. July traditionally is midsummer. I don't think summer might actually have arrived, So
1: On the last day, <laughs> I think it has.
0: <laughs> We've suddenly hit 27 degrees, which for Britain is pretty warm, really. It's very warm, but it's lovely. It's lovely. The borders have been a bit slow, particularly your hanging baskets, have been quite slow because it's been quite a cool beginning to the summer, isn't it? It's been very cold this summer. Which hasn't helped your hanging baskets. The borders actually are at the best at the moment. They are so full, packed full of colour. It's just a riot in the garden. It's looking beautiful, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. The borders are lovely. And a couple of my hanging baskets are now just exploding. Just the one just seems to be green. (laughs) The one with
0: the begonias in.
1: Yes, but hopefully with this heat, because begonias love heat, they'll just start exploding now that the season's nearly over. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're feeding them regularly, aren't you? With your
1: feed them once a week with my tomato feed, religiously, but I don't know. Are you sure that it gives more flowers?
0: Yeah, it's potassium or potash as they call it, which is the key constituent which promotes flower growth and fruit growth. So it's good for tomatoes and other fruiting plants. If you want to promote leaf growth, you use a fertilizer high in nitrogen and root growth, you use phosphorus.
1: Well, it's amazing because as you know, the one hanging <laughs> basket is just Green, it is, and all I keep doing is giving it tomato feed.
0: But we have done quite a bit of work in that corner, haven't we, on the patio? Yeah, we've exposed uh, next door neighbours have cut the hedge a little bit, which gives a bit more light. We've opened a door. We've cut back a jasmine, so it should have a lot more light, and hopefully, we'll respond.
1: Yeah, let's see in the next day or two with this heat. <laughs>
0: It's going to love it, isn't it? Yes. Yes. But we've been busy as well. We've done two flower shows recently. We did the BBC Gardeners World Live a few weeks back. That was in Birmingham. And we caught up with Adam Frost, who is a well-known Chelsea garden designer. He's won gold at Chelsea. And we did speak to him at BBC Gardeners World Live, but we forgot to press record on that. Yes, we
1: did. And we got such a good interview. We were both like, no, (laughs)
0: what happened? (laughs) But But luckily, we did catch up with him at the Hampton Court Palace Flower Show. And he did take the time out and spoke to us again, which was really nice. So here's what Adam had to say to us. So, Adam, we caught up with you at BBC Gardener's World, but unfortunately we forgot to press the button on the recorder. <laughs> but luckily we caught up with you here at Hampton Court the Palace Flower Show. But at BBC Gardener's World, you were actually judging for a change.
2: I was, yeah, and that was um, a completely different experience, actually, being on the on the other side. Um, it gives you a slightly different point of view. I can imagine it does. Was that the first time you've judged? Actually, I've, done, I've judged here, but only... I've probably really only done it a couple of times to be honest but um and i'm still not sure it's for me if i'm honest with you how do you find the judging process
0: because you're are you approaching it with the designer's eyes or a plantsman's eyes or
2: both yeah a bit of everything because i obviously trained as a gardener trained as a landscaper and you know and then went into design then i suppose from every point of view really you know how not only is what's it designed but actually how the garden's put together and then ultimately how it's planted so yeah, all three. what did
0: you think of this year's crop of gardens?
2: Uh, gardens World Life, I thought they were really good. I thought there were some really lovely gardens there. I think, you know, over the years, I'll be honest, I think sometimes it's been a bit hit and miss but I thought there were some really really good gardens, yeah. And being a garden designer yourself, how do you see trends changing? I'm I'm not a great one for sort of trends and garden design, and I think gardens and fashion are quite difficult to sort of equate in the fact for me, a garden is something that's to last a long period of time so maybe it evolves as you evolve and it changes so where you bring fashion I think into gardens is how you dress them so you know what you do with your pots so how you develop it that way so I prefer actually a garden that more or less feels a bit like it's Seen the test of time, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I like your
0: analogy with dressing a garden in pots. That's a bit like your earrings and necklaces, isn't it? The little things which you can move around and change from season to season.
2: Yeah, exactly. You've got so you know. In a sense, I suppose you look at it in clothing, where you you know you dress in that sort of maybe a classical way, but then you dress it up, dress it down depending Tart on the weather. it you're up going. a bit. Yeah.
0: And if you're approaching a garden, do you look at the hard landscaping first and try and get the bare bones and structure, and then, or do you look at it straight out as a
2: whole? No, I tend to break gardens. I suppose into when you think about gardens actually, they're about people, they're about space, they're about plants and I suppose you could add you know, there's a sense of place with every garden so it needs to belong where you're creating it, you know, what you're creating it for. But ultimately when you look at gardens in their simplest form They're shapes, you know, in a plan view, they're shapes. So it's how you actually develop space that works practically. So actually the whole space needs to work practically, but then it needs to be individual. Then it needs to be about either the people you're working for or yourself. So I tend to separate them, you know, and then get the space right, you know, then introduce sort of the planting in a sense travels on from that because that's how you personalize something.
0: And if you get a client and their tastes are completely diametrically opposed to your own, that must be quite a challenge because we all have our own tastes we like and surely when you're designing something you sort of inevitably tend towards a certain style but
2: if someone wants them completely radically different how do you approach that i think your job is ultimately to guide people isn't it that's that's what your job is but i mean i think with me people probably look at what i've done look at the website like and, bits style, and, pieces, yeah. and so before they even turn up they're thought into what you're doing but but also gardens are about people so it's your job really to facilitate what they want you know so it's just doing it in the most tasteful way possible <laughs>
0: And briefly, you worked with the late great Jeff Hamilton, who uh, used to present BBC Gardener's World. You're doing some TV work yourself now, and it's the 20th anniversary since his death. How do you find that? That must quite uh, quite emotional for you. I,
2: yeah, I, I am. I went back um, and did some filming, which will go out just before the anniversary, which is that sort of first week in August. And I suppose life carries on, but you you realise actually, now I've got goosebumps now talking to you about it. You realise actually when you go back somewhere like Barnsdown you used to spend some time there and that, how much that man left his mark I suppose on me and, and actually how inspiring he was but actually not just me when I you know the moment that I tell people that I used to work for Jeff Hamilton you can see faces light up you know and he, he had that way he sort of he made a sort of more or less a nation infectious about gardening, didn't he? And um, I think he did. Yeah. You know, and I, I think his legacy, Yeah, and his legacy that he's left behind. I mean, when we were at Barnsdale, we were talking about organics, we were talking about peat-free, we were talking about plant life and stopping ripping up limestone pavements and a lot of what Jeff was talking about 20 years ago is now in become a trend now. Exactly. Now become mainstream. So you realise that the man was incredibly. He was ahead of his time.
0: Well, I think his legacy lives on a little bit with you, Adam. So thank you very much for taking the time and we look forward to seeing perhaps one of your designs again in the future.
2: Bless you. Cheers, mate. And I'm pleased you pressed the button this time. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> thank you, Adam. <laughs> and he was actually judging at the Gardener's World live show, which was interesting yeah. for him to be on the other side of the fence. Mm, very and he thought there was a good crop of gardens at the show this year at BBC Gardener's World Life. What did you think of them? They
1: weren't bad. It was the first time we've gone. We weren't invited in the evening, weren't we? we had
0: a, yeah, a press presentation yes. for all the awards.
1: It's not known for its gardens, but the gardens... You know, you can't, I suppose. It's not in the compete, same league as no. Chelsea and
0: perhaps Hampton Court. Yeah. But it is very good. There were some nice smaller gardens, I yes. guess. Yes, yeah. The I smaller spe- gardens give people an idea of what they can actually do reality wise well, in their own back garden.
1: Exactly. So I suppose there is that way of looking at that show. It is more realistic. Yeah. to everyday living
0: and he used to work at Barnsdale Gardens which is close to us in Rutland we're in Cambridgeshire and he worked under the, the late great Jeff Hamilton who used to present BBC Gardener's World live on BBC TV here in the UK and he's gone back to do some filming I think he was quite emotional about that wasn't he
1: yes he did seem to be
0: that's a really good apprenticeship but nice to see him carrying on a lot of Jeff's traditions with organic gardening as well
1: for sure Think he's doing a lot of that in his own garden, isn't he? I think so.
0: Yes, he lives just Near outside there, of Rutland, yes, Stamford yeah. Way. Yeah. And Hampton Court, then. What did you think to Hampton Court?
1: I love Hampton Court. I thought the gardens were a bit all over the place this
0: year. There were forty-seven gardens apparently spread out across thirty-three yeah. acres. So if you weren't careful, you could miss out on some of them. Well, I think you?
1: I did because we were some went of the
0: Capability Brown the, ones. The, yeah.
1: Yes, the three right at the front there. I didn't see them because we went round the back to look at all the. We were looking for specific plants, weren't we?
0: Yeah. In the and, selling and
1: section. So, so I missed them. Yeah. Um, it
0: doesn't seem as coherent somehow as Chelsea.
1: No. Well, the one row is. That one row that you walk down with all the little gardens. The summer
0: gardens and the that's city gardens. Lovely. Yeah,
1: I do love that. Those are
0: nice. Again, small gardens. Yeah. Which represent what people have in their own back gardens. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were nice. And there were some stunning gardens. Oh, Remember yeah. that one would have sunken a sitting area with a big pergola over the top?
1: Yes. Oh, that was lovely. An
0: electric pergola. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> but
1: there were some lovely ones. Again, beautiful, you know, because everyone's different. You get inspiration from them. Yeah, I always
0: enjoy Catering it. Catering for all shapes and sizes. Yeah. and yeah. what
1: appeals to one person doesn't appeal to very another. Very much
0: so, and you take inspiration, different bits of inspiration from different gardens. Exactly. No, it was nice. We were blessed with the weather as well, weren't we?
1: Stunning weather. Um, really coming good.
0: up imminently is the RHS Tatton Garden Show, which is up in the north in Cheshire, and we're off to that one, aren't we? Yes. That's, so yeah, yeah, that's
1: going to be lovely as well. I, I do we'll, enjoy that one. We're
0: going to need some sunscreen. Oh, it's going to be very hot. Yeah. It's going to be about 30 degrees, so we're not used to that here in the UK.
1: No, I love it. You
0: do love it, yeah.
1: I always look forward to the council flower beds, but last year they didn't do as many, so no, it'll be they interesting didn't. to see. I don't if know whether do it's austerity kicking in, and
0: yeah, yeah. it will be uh, interesting to see on that.
1: Because I know a lot of people are very anti them, but I love to see all the council borders, and I know it costs a lot of money, but it does look lovely.
0: And we were in Bath a few days ago, and they had some lovely council borders, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, I think it shows real civic pride.
1: It does, but it is, again, it's costly.
0: One of those things, there's never going to be a perfect answer for that, is there? Anyway, we will hopefully report back from the Tatton Park Flower Show. It's been a bit of a a, a garden show fest, hasn't it, over the last couple of weeks?
1: Yes, it has. It's been lovely as always. We do enjoy it. And it's just nice to be able to now enjoy our own garden because we're getting some decent weather. We
0: have. We have indeed. We
1: really haven't been out there much. And it's such a pity because the season's so short.
0: It is, but we're trying to make the best of it now. Now, our plant of the month for July is Alcea rosea nigra. It's a hollyhock, sometimes also called althea. It's a fully hardy biennial or a short-lived perennial. And it is an excellent cottage garden plant, often also seen with delphiniums and foxgloves. It has a fast growth rate. It grows really tall, up to 2 metres, with a 60 centimetre spread and and it likes full sun. It likes moderately fertile, well-drained soil, but the best feature about it is it's large, about 10 centimetre in diameter, funnel-shaped but really dark purple flowers with a yellow centre from June to August on tall flower spikes. So a bit later on in season, because June, July sometimes is the peak, but August, you don't always get a lot of flowers. Crocosmia we've got in the garden, that's a good one. But this would be a nice complement to that nice and tall. Its foliage is light green with hairy, shallow lobed, rounded leaves and it has the RHS perfect for pollinators award so if you like to attract bees and other flying insects into your garden that's a good one maintenance it's pretty easy cut back to about 15 centimeters from the ground in autumn and water well during dry spells like we're having bizarrely at the moment here in the uk and stake on exposed sites because it is very tall and will get prone to getting knocked over by the wind Pests and diseases, it can be prone to rust, particularly in humid conditions, which can be preemptively treated organically with Bordeaux powder. Young growth can also be susceptible to slugs and snails, but they can attack lots of things. They particularly like the hostas. Propagation, you can sow seeds in April uh, to September. Early seeds may flower in the first year, but later seeds are more likely to flower the following year. The tall cottage garden plants are usually classed as, say, lupins, delphiniums, foxgloves and hollyhocks. We've got delphiniums, we've got foxgloves, we've tried lupins, they don't work. And we have thought about hollyhocks, but they might be a bit too big. We had one uh, one or two years ago.
1: We occasionally get them that they're self Yeah, thing. I think the, there's another one coming up, actually.
0: I, I think I've seen it mm. right at the back by yes. the yew tree, yeah. yeah.
1: And again, we don't, you know, it just seeds itself. They do
0: look beautiful. The only downside I think I've found with them in the past is the leaves can go a bit mm, off, can't really they? They're really
1: tatty. So maybe if that's
0: buried in a bed, yeah. so you don't see the leaves so much, but you see the tall flower spikes coming yeah. up and making a big show.
1: Because they are lovely. I do like them. They, I think they, they are. are very and, pretty. and that
0: is a real yeah. deep, rich purple. It's almost bordering on black, which is a strange mm. colour. Not many plants have that sort of colour.
1: There's a house in the village, isn't there? And she just has masses and masses of them. She there. has loads of them that. But That's yeah, yeah. all she's got. She just leaves them to sort of seed. They and, come back again. And they do make a beautiful show, but they can be a little bit tatty, can't they?
0: Yeah. Depends. Like anything, it's always right plant, right yeah, place, isn't it? Yeah. And maybe in a board with other things to hide the leaves, then it can it make a really good statement.
1: Yes, because they are beautiful. They really are cottage garden, aren't they? They
0: are very, very traditional cottage garden. to do in the garden. Now, jobs to do in the garden. It's time to lift and divide irises. Irises that have not been split for a few years can become a bit tired and lose their vigour. This can affect their flowering performance. So, dig the clumps up, select the best, plumpest rhizomes if you can, and replant them with good space between them, having added some well-rotted compost or manure to the soil beforehand. Finally, cut back the tall foliage by about half, as this stops them rocking around in the wind too much as they try to reroot, and also reduces the amount of evaporation of moisture from the leaf surface you can also be collecting seed at this time of year save and store seed of your favorite aquilegia and primula they will set themselves about in the garden themselves but if you collect the seed beforehand you can have a little bit of a say where you'd like these colonies to go so as soon as the seed is ripe, you are just cutting back one of the aquileges in the front garden. Yes. But that's a very specific one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So we are cutting it back because we want the same one to um, come up come again. Up. Yeah. If you re-sow the seed, chances are it will revert to a different variety. Right. And we've okay. got loads of them in the back garden which yes, they do take over. <laughs> they come up like weeds. Yeah. Beautiful, but not yeah. when you've got a seed at them. <laughs> You can also be lifting and storing spring bulbs, such as daffodils and tulips. You don't have to do this every year, but it is a good routine to get into if you want to create more spring colour around the garden. So dig up the bulbs, remove any young bulbs growing on the side of the larger ones and store all of them for replanting in the autumn. Discard any diseased or unhealthy looking bulbs because you don't want them to infect others. You can also be trimming and shaping hedges. If you've left this job until now, well done you. That's good for the garden birds. It's given them a chance to raise their offspring. And by now, the risk of disturbing them should have passed. If you're going away on holiday, it is that time of year, plan how you're going to keep your plants watered. Either set up sort of an automatic irrigation system or perhaps ask a neighbour to help. You've got to look after those plants, particularly hanging baskets. They need watering every Every single day. So many plants competing for so little moisture in a small pot. You could be cutting delphiniums back to the ground after flowering. This may encourage a second flush of flowers. We've tried that in the past, but it hasn't worked really, has No, it? we
1: lost, by doing that, we lost, lost one. Not one, but we
0: kept the other. But
1: I see our delphiniums flowering now.
0: Try it at home. It late. might work for you. It didn't work for us, but yeah. <laughs> that's the standard advice. You can also tie flowers that are flopping over onto stakes. We've got quite a few stakes in the garden. We want to get a few more from the Tatton Park Flower Show, particularly as we've had some really heavy rain. Mm-hmm. And when
1: Everything just collapses.
0: When they've been full of flower, it's, yeah, it's just mm. collapsed, doesn't it? Deadheading is also a regular thing yeah. to do at this time of year. I've spent
1: an hour in the <laughs> garden deadheading.
0: <laughs> it pays dividends. It it it's a long job, but it's... I suppose calming and therapeutic. It makes the plants instantly look a bit nicer, but then also they'll put more flowers on, yeah, won't they? Yeah. yeah, it removes the seeds, so basically the flowers, are, the plants trying to flower again because it wants to produce seed to procreate. Also continue mowing the lawn at this time of year and if it is going to be dry as it looks like it might be at the moment raise the height of the cut because if you go too low it's going to damage the grass and it's going to go brown so give it a bit of a chance. Trim the border edges afterwards, make it look nice and regularly spray roses against green fly and black spot. If you've got a greenhouse try to damp down the paths a little bit. This creates a humid atmosphere that pests such as red spider mite don't like so might as well try and discourage them if you can water and feed containers and hang in baskets regularly we talked about that and cut flowers now to dry for winter arrangements hang them upside down in an airy place suitable plants can be for example bergamots are lavender and teasel Prevent aphid damage by rubbing infestations off or spraying, depending on whether you're organically minded or not. And net vulnerable crops to prevent caterpillar damage. And maybe also birds come in to pick the fruit mm. off of your raspberries, yes. and much like strawberries. And... In the vegetable garden, you can be sowing seeds outside of lettuce, radish, carrots, turnips, beetroot, spinach, Swiss chard, spring cabbage, kohlrabi, fennel and chicory. But the best time about this time of year is it is harvest time. So you can be harvesting rhubarb, peas, French beans, tomatoes, onions, radish, carrots, turnips, beetroot, spinach, cauliflowers, cabbages, lettuce, globe artichokes, broad beans, runner beans, garlic, shallots, marrows, courgettes, cucumbers, potatoes, calabrese, broccoli and Swiss chard. We've not done well with our courgettes again for a yeah, second year.
1: they're picking up a little bit though. Well,
0: well hopefully with if, this... You
1: know, the thing is, if the season moves and we get a, a heat wave crop. now, we might be lucky and get some
0: because it's some
1: definitely f- looking a lot healthier. We've
0: got some friends in the village and they delivered some to our doorstep because they had a glut. They've got some growing in the greenhouse, but they do have some growing outside. Yet we've got another friend who lives in the village just up the road, and hers haven't done well at all. Not
1: at all. And I mean, ours are just taking (laughs) off now,
0: in July. But we have had a crop of
1: potatoes. We've had lovely potatoes and lettuce. Yeah,
0: they've been good, so we have had something. Also, at this time of year, it's time to transplant leeks when they're pencil-thin and water your crops when required in the dry weather. Now, forthcoming garden and flower shows for the remaining part of July from the 20th to the 24th is the RHS Tatton Park Flower Show in Cheshire. And we are off to that tomorrow, aren't we?
1: We are.
0: Early morning.
1: Early morning. Good start. (laughs) Get there before it's
0: too hot. Three hour drive.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: And three hour drive back, back. six hours on the road But, but we're going to
1: break it, coming back yeah. and have supper We've somewhere. got a nice
0: little pub yeah. found, we found An
1: hour from home, so two <laughs> hours, then an hour So that's not too bad No,
0: And we are looking forward to that We hope again to report back on the show And see if we can interview some of the garden designers And otherwise Sue, it's going to be back in the garden I think, isn't it? Yes,
1: definitely Yeah, you
0: love your garden Yes And you work hard there
1: I do work hard But it pays off to enjoy it when it's this beautiful
0: It certainly certainly does this time of year. This time of year, that's what you need to do. You've worked hard. The garden's looking its best. It's its most floriferous. Sit out there and And enjoy enjoy it. it. Yeah. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks ever so much for listening. And I hope you'll listen again next time. Until then, it's goodbye from me.
1: And goodbye from me.
0: was brought to you by plantadvice.co.uk
1: for all your gardening needs.